Welcome to the Stop Chasing Skinny radio program, where every Tuesday night on KineticHiFi.com, we invite a guest to talk about their specialty in creating your fit life. Um, if you've read any of my story, you've heard my tagline, life begins when you stop chasing skinny. Um, I used to just overeat, overexercise, and did all those things that you know you, you read in the magazines that said, just to lose weight, blah, blah, blah. Um, so since then, I have really been on a mission to create something that is more attainable, sustainable and maintainable. So anyway, today I brought on Mr. Jim Kerwin. He is a published author of the book called The Exercise Factor. And I had the privilege of meeting him the other night and listening to him speak about this book. So I, of course, wanted to get him on here. Um, Mr. Kerwin has um, written this book. He told an amazing story to go with it. So I'm just going to turn it right over to him so he can do a little introduction of himself and tell you the touching story that got him into fitness. Well, thank you, firstly, for, for having me here. I'm absolutely delighted. Well, maybe I should give you a, a little bit of background. You've probably guessed by now that I'm not from around here. I'm, I'm from Ireland. And um, I came to America 11 years ago. Um, and I set up a business which was called Try Sports. And that was all about encouraging people to try. Some people think it was about a triathlon business, and it was to an extent, but it really was about trying. And I'm on this mission, if you like, to get people to try the aerobic activities of walking, running, swimming, cycling, fitness, and maybe even a, a, a triathlon. But I've, I've kind of progressed from that to this latest mission of mine, which is to get America moving. And there are probably two reasons why. I mean, I'm often asked, why do I do what I do? Why did you step down from tri-sports to be on a mission to get America moving? And there are two significant reasons. There are others. So the first one is a long time in the making, but very personal. The second one is much more recent, indeed, happened over here in America. So maybe I'll go through them. Oh, that'd be one, great. One, one, one by one. Yeah, thank you. So the first one I said is very personal, and it goes back to an event that took place just past my 20th birthday. It was the 10th of May, 1975. And I had been out celebrating my 20th with some pals. It was a Friday night, and I came home actually reasonably early. It was about midnight, just after midnight. And I needed to go to the bathroom, as you do, after drinking a few pints of Guinness, is <laughs> what we did back, back in Ireland. We still do. <laughs> and I remember very vividly passing my parents' bedroom. The light was on. The door was slightly ajar. And my dad was standing with his back to me, about five yards away. And I just simply passed by, and I never said anything. Um, I don't know why, but I regret um, not saying goodnight to my dad. Um, because as it turned out, when I woke up the next morning, he hadn't been feeling well. And my sister told me that my mum had taken him to the local St. Vincent's Hospital. Now, this was back in the 70s, so there were no cell phones available. So we had to sit kind of tight and, and, and wonder what, what had happened. And um, a couple of hours later, a car pulled up outside, and I was shocked when only my mum stood up from behind the wall. And I remember as she turned to walk to the, the hall door, I was looking out the window, and I knew from the way she was walking, from her body language, and then as she got closer from her face, I knew before she said anything that dad wasn't coming home. And what had happened was that he had died really fast in the ER from a massive heart attack. He was 47 years of age. Um, he, was on he had angina and he was on meds, so they clearly didn't work very well. He didn't smoke. He didn't drink, which in Ireland was a pretty big deal back in the 70s for a man of, of, of that age. I guess he was 10, 15 pounds 
overweight, but not too bad. I think he had a pretty reasonable diet. Um, I believe he was under a bit of stress at work. The one thing I know for sure is he didn't exercise. The occasional walk with my mum, the very, very odd game of golf, but that was it. So for 12 years, 15 years nearly, from the time he stopped playing rugby, which he played at around 32, to the day he died, 15 years, he really didn't exercise. And I believe that that was a major factor in his, his premature death. Um, you know, he'd be 86 if he was alive today. That's 39 lost years, and that is my primary motivating factor for doing what I do. Wow. That's, <laughs> you know, because I, I hear I hear stories all the time about, um, you know, I have a lot of clients that they are somewhat concerned about their health, but a lot of times it's, it's the outward appearance part. And they think, oh, since I'm not very overweight, um, you know, I eat relatively healthy, it's not a big deal. It's a very big deal. And that's, that's way too many. I mean, 47. That's yeah. really, really young. And, and what's scary is that he's not on, on typical. I mean, there's a lot of folks out there, and the situation really isn't getting a lot better. And we know that you have to exercise if you want to be healthy. I mean, if I can make that absolutely crystal clear here today and so that everybody is clear about it, you cannot be healthy unless you exercise. Yeah. Period. That's uh, yes. You're <laughs> thank you for sharing that because a lot yeah. of yeah, a lot of people think oh, well it's it's not that big of a deal. Like I you yeah. know, I'm I'm not really overweight. You know. I hear that a lot. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not overweight. I'm in my 30s now or I'm I'm in my 40s. You know, 40 people in their 40s or 50s don't exercise. We you know, we we don't need to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's what I did when I was younger. When I was younger. No. It doesn't carry over. Your health is dynamic, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. It's just because you did it before. There's, there's, there's a correlation in my mind between why we actually, you know, start, in a sense, going downhill, what I call the start of the slippery slope. We begin to lose muscle mass in our early 30s. Why? Well, I believe it's because we stop exercising in our early 30s. I believe that's what my dad did. He stopped. Yeah. Um, and so there's this correlation going on. And so why are we surprised that we lose muscle mass when we stop exercising? Yeah. You know? Well, and I think, too, um, sometimes it, it, the statistics can be um, misread. So mm -hmm. some people may hear you start losing muscle mass in your 30s and they may just say, oh, it's just my age. Mm -hmm. But it's not just your age. It's the lifestyle factors combined with your age. And so the age sometimes just ends up happening to be just a coincidence. Yeah. We, we're all getting older. I mean, and there's nothing we can do about that, but we can definitely influence that process. What I describe the process, we can't control the outcome. We don't know when we're going to die. We just don't. Nope. Who knows? We don't know what's around that corner. But we can take actions and we can control the process. And I believe with my heart and soul that the actions we take will influence our life expectancy, in other words, how long we're going to live, and the quality of our lives. And we can put that aging accelerator firmly into reverse. Yes. And we can transform our lives if we want to. If we want to. That's the key, mm. right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, Mr. Kerwin's... Uh, it, is it the, it's the, is, I don't know, is it the tagline? Is that what it is? Yeah. Um, get America moving. Mm. Yes. That's great. Um, that's mm. because we are, I, I kind of joke about it sometimes, but I'm like, well, we've kind of engineered ourselves fat because you don't have to walk upstairs anymore. You don't have to, you don't have that's to physically right. do a lot of that's things. Right. So then we don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now that was your first, um, that's the really, um, deep, Personal reason. Personal reason. Um, the second one. What is your yeah. second one? Well, you know, when I got here to America um, and, and got involved with tri-sports, you know, initially I was involved with lots of people who were fit and healthy because they were the types of people typically who were coming to the store. But then I, I got involved in the Healthy Charleston Challenge. I, I was asked to speak at, at the challenge 
And in fact, I've spoken now for the last 15 successive challenges. So oh, wow. um, that, in a sense, forced me to research and to do homework for every different talk because I wanted them to be different. I wanted them to be interesting. I wanted to motivate the participants of the Healthy Charleston Challenge. And maybe I should just say, by the way, the Healthy Charleston Challenge is a program run by MUSC, their wellness um center or wellness department for overweight and obese people. It's an incredibly well-recognized and regarded program. It's award-winning. So it was a real honor for me to be involved. But as I said, I had to do my homework to be ready to speak to these people. And in doing that research, I was just blown away by the problems that we're facing here in America. And it forced me to do even more research and to start really learning about obesity, diabetes, Alzheimer's, and the problems that we're facing. And I don't know if people really understand just how significant the problems are. And they're not going away anytime soon. Um, and so that is the second reason I, I, I just felt I have to get all of these things that are inside in my head out there mm -hmm. and try to do something to influence what's what's happening. And in a, so I, I came up with the idea, of, well, let, let me help to get America moving. And then the book is really pouring all of that, what was inside me, out into a book in one place where people could could read about it. And, and the tagline being, ease into the best shape of your life, regardless of your age, your weight, or your current fitness level. And what that is saying to people is, look, you don't have to decide, I can't do this if I'm 55, if I'm 30 or 40 pounds overweight, or if I have been inactive for the past 12, year, 12 months or 12 years. You can draw a line in the sand and you can make a decision today that you're going to move forward from here and change your life. But you have to do it the right way. Yeah. Uh, hence the word ease into the best shape of your life because it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, and this is timely because it is just after the new year. And I do see this sometimes where um, somebody will make a New Year's resolution and they will start running, but their knees can't handle the extra weight that they've put on and the inactivity they've had for over the years. And so then they end up injuring a knee. I've seen mm. that a lot. Yeah. Um, so you're you're absolutely right. It's ease into it. And you don't want to be so sore that you can't move and you're miserable. And yeah. um, you don't have to, it doesn't have to hurt. I mean, that's, no. I, I think a lot of people like, want to hurt to make it seem yeah. like they're doing something and yeah. it doesn't have to hurt yeah not not at all and, and i mean i think if, when I, I played rugby when i was younger and um the season would end in may and then we would take a break until august and during that period you know we were still reasonably active but we weren't playing rugby so i, I can always remember coming back in august <laughs> and with fear and trepidation of the training programs and we were absolutely you know fleeced by our trainers and there'd be guys getting sick out in the corner you know of the oh. pitch or and we'd be sore and 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 really achy for 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 days and days and days and that was the way the training was done now it was probably okay for folks who were used to it in their 20s and their early 30s but but yeah. if you're in your 50s or 60s, yeah, that's a, that's a different. Ball you're game. overweight and you haven't been active for a long time. It's totally inappropriate to start an exercise regimen in that kind of a way. Right. Totally inappropriate. And I think we, as we age too, like you know, when we're younger, like we're like full of it, right? We're full of energy and we want to kind of yeah. please hurt me kind of thing. Like yeah. let's do this. Yeah. And as you age, you realize like. Well, that's that's not fun. Like we just yeah. we need to do something that's more sustainable, something that yeah. doesn't hurt so bad. Um, so we're just going to take a really quick break, and we're going to be right back. You've heard me talk a lot about learning how to reach your fitness goals, and more frequently, how to look as fit as you feel while learning to stop chasing skinny. And you've also thought to yourselves, yeah, I do want to reach my fitness goals in a shorter, more concise way, to stop wasting my time bouncing back and forth from fitness tip to fitness tip in magazines, wasting hours researching the latest and greatest diet, 
only to end up looking and feeling the same way you've been looking and feeling for years. And my guess is that you've been thinking about this for a long time. Am I right? I know the feeling because I played these games too. For a very long time, in fact. I'm here to tell you this. Stop thinking and sign up for the SK Fit Life Challenge, an online training, nutrition, and coaching program that will lead you through 12 weeks of step-by-step guidance to help you finally reach your goals of looking fabulous and feeling fabulous. You're going to get to free up all the headspace you've been wasting, picking through random diet information being fed to you through the media and simplifying the seemingly complicated world of health. Your chances now. Do you really need more time, more information, more plans for the future? Or do you want to become that fit person today? Because the truth is this. You can be that fit person. Or you can be the person that sits around thinking about becoming fitter. It's your choice. Read more magazines, blog posts, and bits and pieces on social media. Or take action. Because let's face it. If you're not where you want to be, your current program is not working out for you. I want you to be successful. And why is this? Because you've already got what it takes. You've been doing the work all along. It's just been the wrong work. You have the desire, the discipline, and the potential. Now let's get you on the right track so those efforts you are already putting in can take you in the best direction possible. Join me and the hundreds of other SK FitLife clients for the 12-week online fitness challenge at skfitlife.com. All right, now let's get back to the show. to the Stop Chasing Skinny radio show. Uh, so we want to talk just a little bit about expectations. Um, right, you know, during this little break that we just took, we were telling some funny stories about um, just recognizing our age. Uh, so I am 35 now, and I was just saying that once I turned 35, oh, wow, I have to warm up. I used to just be able to jump out there and do it. Uh, maybe 30 to 34, I kind of had to warm up like five minutes. Now it's a solid 20 minutes. Um, so we were talking about expectations, um, what to expect from our bodies as as we age, um, you know, especially if you've been inactive for a little while. And one of the quotes I really love from Jim's book is about how we spend so many years getting out of shape, but then we expect to get right back into conditioning just in a few weeks weeks. Um, that really caught my attention. I think part of it is all of the marketing stuff out there talking about, oh, do it this way, do it that way, like instant gratification. Um, but that's not really how it works. So um, if you could just share a little bit about um, creating like some realistic expectations for yourself, especially if say you were that, um, that high school and that college athlete, and then you kind of trailed off, like you kind of, you know, stopped kind of at the peak of your your game, you know, like you're 30, 32, you're still going hard and then life gets in the way and you just kind of stop. You circle back around to it like 45, 50, you know, your expectations of yourself are going to be different from when you were doing it when you were 30 or 32. So can you share just a little bit about yeah. how we would get into this? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I was saying a little bit earlier to you during the break that, you know, what, what we did when we were in our 20s or maybe in our early 30s is is quite different to what you would do in your 40s, your 50s, your 60s or, or beyond. And we really need to pay attention to that and learn to accept it. Um, because if you're 50 and you're overweight and you're out of shape, you haven't been exercising for quite a while, you may have been an athlete in your 20s, but it's in a sense irrelevant now. And you need to take stock of where you are today. You know, you need to recalibrate completely. And, um, and it really does depend on where you are. The variables are your age, your weight, and how fit or, or inactive, perhaps, yeah. you are. And um, so it, it may be just starting out walking. Yeah. Um, and There's no may, shame in that game. It may, be, <laughs> it may be starting out to walk for 20 minutes three times a week just to get started. And then hopefully you can gradually build up to 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 maybe 30 uh, minutes four times a week i mean the minimum amount of exercise somebody should be getting is is three is three hours a week and that would be inclusive of 
what I would call strength exercises. And I'm not talking about pumping iron. I'm talking about just <laughs> maintaining strength. So there, there are lots of different exercises that you could do for that, Stephanie. And you, you, you'd you know more about it probably even than I would. So you're talking about like body weight exercises, yeah, push-ups. That, 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 that would be my, my, my kind of sort of go-to exercises. So you're talking about maybe two and a half hours of cardio. And it would be cardio initially. Yeah. You, you cannot, when you're you know, overweight and out of shape, start off doing high intensity exercise. You you need to gradually build it up. It needs to be a gradual, progressive, sustained approach. You want to have fun. Yeah. You want to enjoy it. You want to avoid getting injured. This is really the one of the biggest things that I see with people getting back into exercise. They go at it too fast, too hard. They get injured. They stop. And then they start using terms like, oh, I can't do this. It's, 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 it's not for me. Obviously, my body is not made to be able to do this. And they kind of get this sense of, well, I can't do this exercise because I always get hurt and I always get injured. And the reason that they do is often because they approach the exercise in the wrong way. Yeah. So you need to firstly work up to the three hours. So if right. you're doing zero, you go from zero to one from one to two, and from two to three. And you should probably do that over a number of weeks. It obviously depends on where you are and how long it has been and your personal circumstances. Mm. But that's an altogether more realistic approach than going to the local track and starting to sprint up and down. Yeah. That just doesn't work. But I see that all the time. I do too. I do. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, you know, somebody goes from not running any miles to I must run five. Yeah. I used to run 10, but I'll start and with it's, five. And it's like, crazy. There's a rule. There's a rule in, in, in the running world, but it applies just as much to any exercise, I believe. And it's the rule of 10%. You never increase the amount of exercise you're going to do or indeed the intensity of what you're going to do by more than 10%. And you never do both of those two things at the same time. Oh, that's that's super valuable information. Because like I yeah. said, I mean, right here in the new year, people go at it really hard. Um, something else that you talked about a little um, in the first segment, and then we just brushed up against again, is finding something that works for you. I, a lot of people find me on my social media. I'm fit. I'm an athlete. I love doing Spartan races. Like I, I do like that stuff. But if you give me a workout that I have to pump myself up Every single time before I go in there and do it, even me, I'm not going to do it unless mm -hmm. it is a sh very specific time frame. You know, I'm talking like maybe four weeks mm -hmm. and it's only a couple times a week. Like, so when somebody is trying to figure out what works for them in their exercise routine, they should find something that they enjoy doing. Right. Yeah, yeah it's very important. Um, you know, exercise should be fun. Exercise should not be a pain in the butt. It shouldn't be seen as a chore. It yeah. shouldn't, be, shouldn't be seen as something to get out of the way as quickly as possible just because somebody has told you that you need to exercise. You know, if, if you want to live a healthy, active lifestyle, it's really important that you like it and that you enjoy it. And there are so many things that you can do that you can enjoy. Yeah. I mean, look back to when you were a kid and what did you what did you like doing then? You might get some some clues as to what you're likely to to like doing now. If you were a dancer way back then, maybe you could do Zumba or, you know, aerobic yeah. classes which have a dance sort of aspect to it. So, you know, Use your imagination. Try different things. There's lots of different things out there. But there's also lots of preconceived notions about certain things. Yeah. So you might think, for example, that you can't run or that you hate running. Um, I often say to people, look, you might believe that right now, but if you give it a chance and go about it in the right way, you might be surprised. And there yeah. are hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people out there who once upon a time said they hate this and now they love it. And the same is true of cycling, of swimming, of triathlon, of I'm sure it's true of, 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 of yoga and Zumba and mm. skiing and kayaking and canoeing and there's just tons of tons of different things people can do. Yeah, and it's how you get into it. It's how you see it. Um, I do have a friend who she was running all the time and she said, well, I want to be a runner. And I was like, you run? So you're a runner. Well, I'm not really a runner. I'm like, you run, so you're a runner. Yeah. <laughs> and that's good. Like, go ahead. She wanted to be a runner. Yeah. And I said, but you run. So in her mind, she wasn't 
an elite runner, so she mm. didn't think she was a runner, and you don't have to be. Not Doesn't at all. matter. I, I, I remember going back um, a long time, it would have been to um, the early 80s, and I had stopped playing rugby. No, I hadn't actually stopped playing rugby. I think uh, a couple of years later I stopped, but I was into running. I was now doing a bit of rugby and doing a bit of running, and I, I decided I was going to do a marathon, which you know, it was all the craze back back in the yeah. in the eighties, and I remember I must have been working, coming from work, and I met a friend or a colleague, and he said to me, I was wearing my running clothes, and he said, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and I said, "Oh, I'm training for the <laughs> Dublin Marathon." And he looked at me up and down, and he said, "Ah, so you're a jogger?" A jogger. <laughs> and I thought to myself for probably about two seconds, but. It, you know, seemed like longer. And I said, no, I'm a runner because I'm running as fast as I can go. So I've always called running, running. You know, yes. I, I'm, I'm a runner. I'm yes. not a jogger because it doesn't matter how good you are. I mean, the Kenyans are able to run a mile in, on, under three, 340 at this stage. Um, who cares? It doesn't yeah. matter what you can do it and just do it. You're doing it, and right? You're, and you're a runner if, if, yeah, if that's you're what you're doing. And um, so, but if you really don't, I mean, if you, I've, I've had this too where people think that, and I think, I don't know, my own personal thought is that it comes from a lot of fitness magazines that say, oh, you burn the most calories. Like, you know, where they show you the chart running burns this many calories, swimming burns this many calories, yeah. cycling. <laughs> and, um, and so I, I think that's where a lot of it came from. But I have a lot of people who will come to me and they'll say, I want to get fit, but I don't want to run. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, if you don't want to run, let's find something else that you want to do. And yeah. my mom's a perfect example for that. She um, she was about 50 pounds overweight. She um, she really she really didn't like running, and she was oh. overweight, so it was very uncomfortable for her. But she thought, you know what? If I could ride a bike, I think that might work. Yeah. And so she helped me. Um, it was in 2001. I moved to or 2003. I moved to Seattle. And she helped me and instead, and she said, how much do I owe you for that plane ticket? And I was like, I don't want the money. Can you just buy a bike? So I get a card a couple of weeks later and I was like, I was totally expecting a check to be in it. And instead it was a picture of her and her bike. Yeah. And so she bought a bike. She lost 50 pounds. She rode the MS-150 and hasn't missed a year since. And that was 12 yeah. years ago. So yeah. I, I, I was looking at my mom like very, yeah. you know, overweight, out of shape. Yeah. Can you please do something, mom? So it's yeah. it's really it's important to help the ones we love. So if you're a listener and you're already fit, how do you help the people that you love and, and in supporting them to get healthier? So I guess what would, what would be your advice on that? Well, the first thing you have to do is, is really try to understand where they're at and where they're coming from and get into their head and get into what they're trying to achieve. I was um, only yesterday down at the, the track in, in Mount Pleasant with a, a client of mine and she, she'd be in her 50s and she, she's overweight and she's really just starting to get back in. And so I was asking her, does she exercise with other people? And she said, well, I have a few friends, but to be honest, I'm always holding them back. And I don't like going with them because I feel as if I'm too slow. And so I said to her, and I'll say this to you now, if, if, you're, if you are out there and you're pretty fit and you want to help people to get to where you are, is to understand where they're at and go to their level. Be prepared to actually go back to their level and to help them to get to where they need to be. And if yeah. that means, for example, if you're a runner and you're used to running at, let's say, 10-minute mile pace, be prepared to go for a couple of runs with your pal and run at 15-minute mile pace yeah. or, or, or do a walk run with them. Why not? To help them get back on track. Within a few months, they'll be where you are and you'll be able to do it together and you'll have fun, but you'll have done something wonderful for, for, for that person. So yeah. it's getting you know, into their head and trying to understand and don't be afraid to go slow. It's actually good for you, in my view, to take some easy days. Yeah. You can do the hard days when, you know, when you want to, but take a couple of easy days and do it with your pals, your family or your friends and get them involved too. Yeah, that's, oh, that's great. That's really great because that's, it's a good time to connect with somebody too, whenever you're out and you're exercising and 
and it's just such enjoying an, it's such time. an important way to build relationships and to create fun in exercise. I mean, the the most enjoyable aspect for me of exercise is being able to do it with other people, and you can make friends. You know, you can develop new friends. You can develop great relationships if it's your, with your partner, for example. I go. I try to go run once a week with my wife. Yeah, my boyfriend and I do lots of fitness stuff yeah. together. Even so, just walking the bridge. We walk yeah. the bridge all the so, time. So, so but it's a great time to talk. Yeah. And, and, you know, things that maybe you wouldn't, because you're like ships in the night the rest, a lot of the time, and you're passing each other out and you never get to talk. But now, all of a sudden, you have an hour to, to spend some time talking. So it's a yeah. great way to develop your relationships, to stay in contact with people. And I'm not saying you have to do it with other people all of the time. I actually like exercising by myself. It's a great time out to Mm -hmm. meditate, if you like, for yourself and to think about things and to be creative. I mean, I'm at my most creative when I go out for a run. My kids will tell you (laughs) when I come back, the first thing I do is I run into my office and I write down all of the great ideas that came into my head. It's like it gets knocked loose when you're exercising. I have no ideas any other time (laughs) when I'm exercising. They're great. Yeah, if you see me at the gym, there's a good chance that I'm writing down ideas, not my workout. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'll carry a notebook around with me yeah yeah. Yeah. and then uh, i think the other important thing for somebody who is not very fit yet or not to your level or you know just getting started i think a lot of people who are just beginning think that people who are very fit are judging them and we're not like we have so much respect for somebody who's just getting started we know it's so hard um it's not it's not a judgment thing you're not like oh well you're not as good as me um no we know what it's like to to be just beginning and um, you know, if somebody is like that, well, then maybe they're not. Well, it's, it, 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 well, it's pretty sad because there's always going to be somebody who's better than you. I mean, unless you're the Olympic champion or the world champion, you know, there's always somebody, somebody better than you. Yeah. So, you know, get used to it. I, 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 I was never a great runner. I was a pretty decent runner, but it was because I, I worked hard and I enjoyed it. Yeah. But I was never going to win races. I've won a few things here and there, but nothing dramatic. But I. I wasn't concerned about that. Yeah. But so it's really important to to put your pride, you know, in your back pocket. Forget about it. I can remember a few years ago, um, we had a run and walking club in in Tri Sports, and our our focus at the start was in encouraging people again to try to get involved. Mm-hmm. And I remember one Saturday, and it's vivid in my mind again. Um, we were on the beach in the Isle of Palms. Beautiful Saturday morning. And the group was strung out by about half a mile, you know, from the people who were at the front of the group to the to the the, the guy at at, at the back. Mm-hmm. And because I was, you know, one of the leaders, I would sort of run up and down, and I I went back to the back. And there was a guy there who was really struggling. He was walking, and I said, "Come on, uh, Robert was his name. Let's let's sort of do a little bit of running together." And we'd run for for maybe two hundred meters, and then we'd walk, and then we'd run again, and then we'd walk, and and whatever. But that guy. Uh, has now run marathons and half marathons. He's totally transformed his life. And I don't know, I I mean, I'm not trying to make myself out to be a great guy or anything here, but had I not gone back to him that day, who knows where he would have ended up. He might have just thrown in the towel and said, oh, this is just not for me. I'm not going to do this because... You know, I'm not good enough. I can't keep up with everybody. He was last. But somebody has to be last. It doesn't really matter. Yep. Yeah, you're you're absolutely. You know, when kids right. when kids are, are racing, I, I I was very heavily involved in cross country for many years and track and field. There's always somebody who comes last in the race. Yeah. Always. And in my book they're just as important as the person who comes first. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Mm. I was last a lot. I was <laughs> I was the only girl a lot of times as the lifeguard, and so I was the last fish sometimes. Those boys would they, they'd show me. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, but you're still out there and you're doing it and yeah. it's the experience and yeah, nobody's judging you on if you're no. last or not. And you know, just I'm very competitive but with myself, you know, and, and I do like to have somebody that, that I could chase, you know, because it just challenges me to push myself mm. harder. But, you know, if I didn't it's not about beating the other person. I mean kind of a little bit sometimes but just as a personal thing not like I need to be better than you except for that time when the 22 and 23 year old girls showed up to my boot camp that I did as a 34 year old <laughs> and they beat me in sprints and I was like whoa what just happened yeah so we did enough until I could beat them but that yeah. was just that was just me <laughs> yeah and that's okay 
I mean, it, it, yeah. it, it, it is it is good to be competitive, and I, I encourage people certainly to be to compete with themselves and to set their goals and to see how they progress and to high five each other when they achieve their goals. Yeah. I mean, it can be it really can be be fun. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's all know. it's it's friendly competition, right? It's, it's friendly competition. Not yeah. losing too much sleep over it, though. Oh, not, gosh, getting, no. not getting put out. <laughs> it's just all part of the of of the fun. The you know. Yeah. The, 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 the For me, it was. Do I still have it? Yeah, I still got it. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm whole ten years older. So yeah. 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 <laughs> we're gonna take one really quick break, and we'll be right back. Stop Chasing Skinny radio show. So today I have Jim Kerwin. He um, he was the owner of Tri Sports uh, here in Charleston. That's a that's a really big deal. Um, if you're local, I remember buying stuff from that store. Um, uh, the other times that I lived here when I was doing a lot of triathlons. So it's it's really cool for me to be able to interview him. Um, something that Mr. Kerwin offers now, along with his book, is some running. Um, it's a running program. So it's a running program called Anyone Can Run, and he offers it on his website. So I wanted him to share a little bit about that and um, his philosophy on helping somebody to get running. Because what I do see sometimes is somebody who will just, and I did this myself, this is why I know, uh, somebody will just run lots and lots of miles, but eventually that can be detrimental uh, maybe to your metabolism or to your joints, that kind of thing. So if you could talk to us about running smarter, that would be great. Yeah. Do you want Do you want me to talk a little bit about anyone can run? Yes. And, and yes. we'll talk about that first, and then get into into this the smarter because anyone can run is really designed for people who right now are not runners, and who think they would like to be, or maybe even for the people who think they don't want to be a runner or that they can't run. And I'm sort of putting the question mark up there in their mind, saying, "Hey, maybe you can do this too, if you." give it a shot because because some people are you know they have they have this fixed notion that they can't do it right. and it's often based on experience the way they've done it before they've tried it a certain way and it hasn't worked and my experience over the years many years has told me that the reason for many people that it doesn't work is because they actually approach it the wrong way and this applies to most training programs, by the way. In in my view, this is yeah. this is of course is my is is my view. Most uh, most um, beginner programs, are, sometimes they're referred to as couch to five k, for example. Yeah. Um, introduce into their into the program a, a beginner form of high intensity interval training. Okay. And this is great information, by the way, because we see a lot of these programs online and yeah, we don't know, that's, like, that's, that's where right. do we go? Okay, so so let me explain what's actually happening when somebody starts one of these programs or maybe starts it themselves. Um, you know, they might warm up, hopefully they would warm up for 10 minutes um, where they're running very easy. Um, but then the the training program will, will sorry they're walking not running they're okay. wa- they're walking because they haven't started running okay. um, so they're walking um, and then they are said okay we're going to run for a minute and everybody runs for a minute yep. um, and then they'll stop at the end of the minute and they'll walk for a minute maybe two minutes and then they'll do another minute of of of, of running and then they'll walk for two and then they'll do another minute that's called high intensity interval training i say it's for beginners because it's not very significant what they're doing but it actually is for them okay it may not be significant if you're fit and, and used to doing high intensity interval training but if you've never done it or you haven't done it for a long long time all of a sudden to start it is quite hard. It's quite tough. You're, um, let's say you were walking at 17-minute mile pace or 18-minute mile pace, which would be t- pretty typical. Yes. All of a sudden, you've gone from 17 or 18 down to maybe 12 or even 10-minute mile pace, depending on where you're coming from. That's a huge change. And you've gone from aerobic to anaerobic very quickly. It feels uncomfortable, and that's why you have to stop after a minute. That's what's done normally, and it's not much fun. If you've, a, if you've a good coach to push you through it, you'll probably you, you you will get through it. But to try to do that by yourself is tough. To have the discipline to put yourself through that is pretty tough. 
Anyone can run is completely different. Okay. What you do, and I'll just explain just one simple principle, but it's the most important thing. You need to have two people, and they're walking together. Um, they, They warm up as per usual. And then one of them is going to start running, but they have to run at the same pace as the other person is walking. In other words, the runner is still running at 17-minute mile pace while the, the other person is walking at 17-minute okay. But it's just the different... Uh, very slow running. It's very slow. Okay. And sometimes people even feel a little bit awkward that they're, why am not I going faster? Mm-hmm. And the reason I, I, I get people to do this is because they're going to be able to go for a lot longer. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually a minimum of five minutes without having to stop, sometimes as much as 20 minutes without having to stop. So all of a sudden, the non-runner has run for, let's say, an average of 10 minutes. Yeah. And now they're a runner, and they feel they've actually achieved something. It wasn't hard. Um, so they're not scared to go back and do it again. They're not scared to go back and do it again. They feel a sense of great achievement and pride, and all of a sudden, they're now a runner. So the program really takes them through that process and then gradually and progressively moves them forward. And in time, we introduce the the higher intensity stuff. But it's against the background of them being runners rather than walkers. Yeah. And and that um, gives your joints some time to... Um, your joints and your muscles around your joints to get to get used to that different motion too. Yeah. So if you're... So again, if you're older, overweight, out of shape, that is a much more progressive way to do it than the traditional training programs and um, I've seen lots of people make that that um, progress you know that that transition from walker to runner but doing it in a way which makes them feel hey this isn't so bad I actually enjoyed this yeah yeah oh that's really cool I've Mm. never heard of that and that's Mm. That's awesome because I do have a I do have a lot of people that are like I, I would just love to be a runner. Yeah. They don't know really where to get started, yeah. and and well, you're right. Well, there are a lot of programs that will just take you right I mean, into the, it. The other thing that a lot of people do when they start running is as they go too fast and they get injured. Yeah, you know they start sprinting. They they do this higher intensity stuff because that's what the the traditional approach says they should do, yeah. and guys especially, but I I think it applies to women too. They do too much. They put themselves under pressure, and they they then end up getting getting injured. Yeah, because there are just a lot of things that happen to us as we age. Like I said, I mean, now I really have to warm up like twenty minutes, like solid warm up. Mm. I'm finally warmed up after mm. twenty. If I try to, do, I I think I pulled something the other day when I was doing a cartwheel because I wasn't warmed up. <laughs> yeah, it's so it is so important. I mean, I encourage everybody to warm up, but not just to warm up, by the way, but to cool down. And that's difficult to get into the discipline of doing that. But it's so important for the next session that you cool down and you do it in a way so that your, you know, your muscles are are getting used to the the, the cooling down process and and you're not going to be as as stiff and sore the next time, which makes that next run all the more enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. And it really does come down to being enjoyable. Yeah. Unless you like pushing yourself like that, which, you know, eventually you may enjoy getting yeah, to Yeah, and, and, and that's okay if you're if you're used to it and, and you're ready to do it. Yeah. And, you know, lots of people will push themselves as yeah. they progress. But they should walk before they run. They run. <laughs> literally. <laughs> Just literally. Like, yeah. Yes, yes. Well, my aunt, um, she started with my program two and a half years ago. When she first started with me, she... Um, she was turning 40, she was going through a divorce, and she wore a size 18. And within her first year, she had gotten down to a size 8. Mm. And in the beginning, she couldn't even, like, it was hard for her to walk a quarter mile. Yeah. And um, just this morning, I saw her share her status update with our group. She just um, did a nine, or a, a seven-mile run at a nine-minute pace, or not a nine-and-change pace, yeah. um, because she's training for a half marathon. So she definitely started very slowly and then yeah. got into it and gradually built that up and, yeah. and went from, I'm scared to walk around the block and be sore, to yeah. now I am... I'm preparing to run a half marathon and yeah. I, my favorite part of that training run was the hill <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. it's it's really cool to watch somebody progress like that yeah. and yeah. get to that point yeah. and it is important that they that they progress and it is important that as they get into their fitness and their running that they actually do introduce higher intensity 
training. I, I'm not saying that that is bad. I'm just saying it's not appropriate at the start for people who are out of shape. Oh, absolutely. And, and, but, but as they move forward and they progress, then they can gradually introduce it. But yeah. in a way that is going to be um, more realistic for them. Challenging, yes, but more realistic and they're in greater control of what they're doing and they're more aware of what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, because high-intensity stuff, I mean, there's, so just if your if listeners are listening and they're not quite sure what high-intensity high-intensity exercises look like, um, just like Jim just said, as far as running a whole minute and then taking a little time off and then running two minutes and taking some time off, it also looks like doing sprints. Um, it also looks like doing plyometrics, which would be like a squat jump or, you know, you squat down and you explosively jump up. Um, you can see how this would be a problem for somebody who is significantly overweight or not used to doing it. Um, you have to get familiar with the form. Uh, you have to, your joints need to be used to doing that explosive movement and that kind of thing. So yeah, starting, starting where you are and then working towards where you want to be. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's go ahead and talk a little bit about running smarter, not just harder, um, as mm -hmm. far as training when it comes to running. So now you've gotten yourself running and now you are a runner. Yeah. Um, then what? Then, yeah. then how do people train in a smarter way? Okay, so so let us assume that you have built up over a period of, say, two or three months. I mean, it's going to be different for everybody, and that's what's really important. There isn't one sort of set of rules that fits everybody. So I have to talk in kind of generic terms. So let's assume that it's taken you three months and you're now used to running and you're maybe you're running four or five times a week for... 30, 40 minutes, that's that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So what you don't want to do as you progress is just continually go out for a three or four mile run, running at the same pace the whole time. And there, you know, there are fitness people out there who are very negative about that. And they're right to an extent because it's not good to keep doing it. It's a lot better than doing nothing, let me oh, say. Oh, absolutely. And so I, so I never, <laughs> I never uh, poo poo uh, cardio at all. But you can certainly make that more effective. And so the things that you would do, let's say you're running five days a week. I would have two very easy sessions, and they need to be really easy. I mean, they're not, you're, not, you're not pushing yourself on those days. They're kind of recovery days in a sense, yeah. because you're going to have one or two, depending on your age. I mean, I only do one at this stage of, of, of my life and I'm nearly 60. But if you're 35 or 40, you're, you're probably going to be able to manage two where you introduce higher intensity exercise. Now you can do it in what is called um, you know, a speed workout. So let's say you decide you're going to go to, to a track. It doesn't have to be a track, but you're going to do four 400 meters. So right. you know, four times around the track and between each one you're going to rest for three minutes. Or maybe you'll you know, run once around the track fast, then you do it slow, then you do it fast, then you do it slow, fast, slow. And so, and again, you can gradually build that up as you, as you progress. But that is, that's, kind, that's high intensity or speed work, and it's yeah. very effective if you want to improve your time. The other thing that you can do is introduce what's called a tempo run. Now, you'd probably only start with a mile, but then you'd gradually increase the length of your tempo run. So, so for example, let's say you were training for a 5K, you were going to do your first 5K. It would be really nice as part of the training to do a few tempo runs in advance of the actual race. So you could maybe do a tempo run for a mile, a mile and a half, and maybe two, two miles, so that you get used to the, the idea of racing. It's a higher intensity, it's not all out, but it's great exercise and it's going to dramatically improve your your ability as a runner and and your times will will start falling down so and a tempo run like say your your goal time is a nine minute mile that's what you would be doing during these tempo runs right yeah okay yeah so let's say you're normally running at at say let's let's be conservative here let's say you're running at 15 minute mile pace okay, okay. So for a tempo run, you you so that would be your easy your easy run, fifteen minute miles. So mm -hmm. for a tempo run, you might be trying to do thirteen and a half. Okay. You know, kind of ten percent. Yeah, it's pushing it. Improvement. If you mm -hmm. could, if you could run for a mile at that faster pace, that would be good. Start off with that, and then gradually increase it up to maybe two, or even eventually three. Like last Saturday, I'm not racing at the moment, but I did um, four a four mile 
temp tempo run. That's impressive. So <laughs> yeah, but I've been doing it for years and years and right. years. So you know, but but I build that into my into my training all of the time. I'm not just going out at the same pace. So the tempo run, yeah. I, I do a little bit of of high intensity or s- speed work. Not as much, probably no more than once um, a week at, the, at this stage. Yeah. Oh, I totally life. see that. It's intense. It's yeah. really intense. It takes a lot of recovery. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's hard on the body. So, so mixing it up, uh, you know, it's of course important to add in your strength. It's important to add in your stretching. And it's probably also important to add in your cross training if you can so that you're not just running if you could do some biking or some swimming or some kayaking or maybe a zumba class or go to yoga do some pilates i mean all of those things are really important to be part of your your total exercise i i have a, another acronym i'm big into these acronyms it's I called acronyms. the <laughs> basics and the basics let me come back to the b but a is for aerobic s is for strength I is for intensity, C is for cross-training, and S is for stretching. They are the different types of exercise that you need to build into your exercise regimen. That is so important. The the basics. So let me go back to the B. And this kind of goes right back to maybe some of the things we talked at the beginning. B is for baseline exercise. Mm. Baseline is all of the unplanned exercise that we do during the day. It excludes the planned stuff. So it includes the walking, the running, the swimming, the cycling, the Zumba, the Pilates class. So so let's assume that you were exercising for an hour a day, seven days a week, which would be a lot. Yes. Um, it would be great if you were, but that, that, that would be a lot. There's another 23 hours in the day. Now you have to sleep, but what do you do the rest of the time? The baseline exercise that you do is really important that you're paying attention to how active you are the rest of the time. And unfortunately, over the years, we have decimated the amount of baseline exercise that we do through all of the changes that have taken place in, in our lives. From when I was a kid to, to say, what kids are doing today. It's like chalk and cheese. So we need to be conscious about that and we need to be taking actions which introduce baseline exercise into our daily regimen. And there's so many different things that we could do. If this microphone wasn't sitting right in front of my face right now, I'd stand up and I'd probably talk as, uh, you know, I'd, I'd walk around as we were uh, talking and doing the interview. That's baseline exercise. I love that, um, yeah. You know, that, that, that type of stuff taking the stairs instead yeah. of taking the elevator i mean we all we, we all we we all do that all, you yeah. know all, all, all of the time when somebody rings you pick up the phone stand up and walk around as you're talking on the phone Take, that changes your voice too right like it helps you to project a little bit better and sound I, more I, confident i think it does you can if you're being interviewed you can become more passionate and more you know just you I just, always do. Yeah, you, if I'm yeah. doing an interview at home, I'll have my headset on and, you're, and I'm you're, pacing. You're, 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 pace, you're pacing around. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think there is something about that. Take a take a break. I mean, I, I, this whole notion of sitting—we spend so much I time sitting. I was just going to talk about this. Yes, I you love know, this. S- sitting is the new smoking. We yes. are spending so much time sitting, including me, by the way. You know, the average um, adult in America sits for 63 hours a week. That's an average of 10 hours. Think about it though. We sit in our cars on the way to work and on the way home. There's no choice in that. (laughs) Most of us sit at our desks all day long. And then when we come home, we sit on the couch, we watch TV or we sit in a restaurant having our dinner. I mean, we just sit. It's the way we spend our time. So we need to be really conscious of, you know, taking breaks, five minutes, Let's stand up and go for a walk. Let's go to the bathroom. Drink lots of water, which kind of forces you to stand up and go to the bathroom. bathroom. (laughs) Yeah, but if you get into the habit of doing that kind of stuff, all of a sudden you're doing this baseline exercise. And there's a really bad, just to to finish on it, people who are active, let's say very active one hour, seven days a week, that's a very active person in in my mind. But if they are inactive, the rest of the time, they are effectively an active couch potato. So they're negating. And I was just going to ask you about this. I read a study that was talking about That's, if you sit most of the time, even if you work out one hour every day, yeah. you are negating 
a lot of those health benefits that you would have gotten, Correct. right? And what's really scary about it is, as I said, it applies to fit people. So when I read that, I said, wow, because this applies to me. There's a tendency for fit people to rest if they're active, if they're, if they're doing, you know, really active stuff. Um, they want to rest between their training sessions. So they have an inclination to actually do less, not to get up and move, because I want to, I want to rest for my next training session. Can you, can you see that? Yeah, that's, yeah, that totally makes and, sense. And, and, but that was only one hour out of your day yeah. versus those right. other hours the that you could have been. The, the 23. Well, I read the article that you wrote, and I'm actually going to link it in the show notes here because mm. you wrote an article for Oblique mm. magazine. And it's mm. funny because um, John, the publisher, dropped a box off to me at the co-working space that I, I, I work at. Um, and I love working there. One of the reasons, well, it's just an awesome space, but one of the other reasons is because there are these tall tables that I get to stand at and yeah. I stand all day yeah. because it was, I am much, it, my brain functions in a much better way by me yeah. standing like that. Yeah. Um, something else too, that I think of because we, um, when we're sitting, our glutes are not activated. And so there are a lot of times where we're not activating our glutes. So is it kind of a safe assumption to say that it could cause problems in training? Because if you're training and things are tightening up and then you're sitting on them and you're not actually having strong glutes, you could you could end up hurting yourself by these training periods followed by inactivity periods, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there's postural issues as well. We have a tendency to slouch. We, you know, we're, we're, we we really need to be more aware of our time when we're sitting at our desks or sitting just sprawling out, you know. And yeah. um, be, be, be just know that we, we need to correct some of the, the bad habits that we've gotten into. Yeah. Um, and, and But the good news is all you need to do is, is take five minutes out, get a little bit of exercise, um, just just go for a walk. I mean, we're not talking about putting on your shorts again and, and going for yeah. a run. We're just talking about getting up, walking around. Yeah. And you can do, we can all do it. Just be be aware of it. Um, knowledge is power. It totally is. It, yeah. yeah, that's that's what it is. And, and there are a lot of times too, I remember um, when I did work in an office because I worked as a defense contractor and I spent all my hours sitting at my computer. A lot of times I would go get coffee and I really didn't actually even want coffee in the afternoon. What I was craving was a walk. <laughs> so I, so I tell you know my clients and my listeners to, yeah, just get up and go for a walk. And I loved that you brought up, if you drink a lot of water, then you have mm. to go to the bathroom a lot. And mm. I think just that walking right yeah. there is so Perfect. helpful. Yeah, yeah, you're getting two for the price of one. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. So we're going to take one more really quick break and then we're going to come back and you can find out where you can find more information um, for Jim and his book and his training programs. You've heard me talk a lot about learning how to reach your fitness goals and more frequently how to look as fit as you feel while learning to stop chasing skinny. And you've also thought to yourselves, yeah, I do want to reach my fitness goals in a shorter, more concise way. To stop wasting my time bouncing back and forth from fitness tip to fitness tip in magazines, wasting hours researching the latest and greatest diet, only to end up looking and feeling the same way you've been looking and feeling for years. And my guess is that you've been thinking about this for a long time. Am I right? I know the feeling because I played these games too. For a very long time, in fact. I'm here to tell you this. Stop thinking and sign up for the SK Fit Life Challenge, an online training, nutrition, and coaching program that will lead you through 12 weeks of step-by-step guidance to help you finally reach your goals of looking fabulous and feeling fabulous. You're going to get to free up all the headspace you've been wasting, picking through random diet information being fed to you through the media and simplifying the seemingly complicated world of health. Your chances now. Do you really need more time, more information, more plans for the future? Or do you want to become that fit person today? Because the truth is this. You can be that fit person. Or you can be the person that sits around thinking about becoming better. It's your choice. Read more magazines, blog posts, and bits and pieces on social media. Or take action. Because let's face it. If you're not where you want to be, your current program is not working out for you. I want you to be successful. 
And why is this? Because you've already got what it takes. You've been doing the work all along. It's just been the wrong work. You have the desire, the discipline, and the potential. Now let's get you on the right track so those efforts you are already putting in can take you in the best direction possible. Join me and the hundreds of other SK Fit Life clients for the 12-week online fitness challenge at skfitlife.com. All right, now let's get back to the show. Welcome back to the Stop Chasing Skinny radio program. So right now, this is something that you guys hear me say. We talk about, um, I have a funny shirt that says anything but cardio because I totally went from cardio queen to um, lifting weights. I still do cardio though. I just want people to do it in the smartest way possible. Um, So I think it's absolutely perfect because Jim has this same philosophy. He already talked about how to run smarter. Um, So if we could talk a little bit about that, what we... What would you like to share with people as far as as cardio goes? Because, yes, there are a lot of experts that are like, oh, don't do cardio. But that's not what most yeah. of us mean. <laughs> well, we, we were talking during the break about, you know, why have we got to this point with, with exercise, with what I refer to as the inactivity epidemic? And we've kind of covered the change aspect and we've covered the convenience aspect. But what we didn't talk about was the consensus issue. And what I mean by that is that there there isn't consensus among the fitness community as to what exactly people should do. And once we don't have consensus, that leads to confusion. A lot of it. <laughs> and there is unfortunately a lot of confusion out there. People don't know who to believe or what to believe. So what is the truth in a sense? Right. And that leads then to the next issue, which is cardio. You know, cardio is something that, you know, people are confused about. Should they do it or shouldn't they? And there are experts out there, fitness experts, who say that they shouldn't. And then there are others, of course, who say that they should. Now, let me be absolutely clear. I fall down in the camp of that you should be doing some cardio. But I've already made it clear that you should also be doing some intensity. So the truth has to be that you need to be doing both of these things. If you go for a run, we talked about a tempo run, you do need to to warm up before you start. You do need to cool down at the end, ideally. And the piece in the middle, you're running at a faster pace, but you're not going all out or anything even close to it in a tempo run. In my view, that whole experience is cardio. Yes. Um, so how anybody could say that you shouldn't do cardio is nonsense in, in my view. You, you just can't do high intensity interval training the whole time. You'd kill yourself. Yes. Even, even, <laughs> and it wouldn't be fun. <laughs> even the most professional athletes in the world, if you look at them doing a, a workout, a training, I mean, watch, watch, if you ever go to a track or if you ever watch a track meet on TV, you always see the guys warming up. They'll warm up for half an hour before they even go near the track and what will they do during the warm-up they'll probably do a quick jog for 10 maybe 15 minutes sometimes even 20 if they're actual distance runners they need they actually need to do that to get into the groove so to speak and then they will do um, some stretching so some active stretching uh, as distinct from passive stretching then they'll do some what are referred to as stride outs where basically they're just getting used to running faster so they kind of build themselves up and then they have to cool themselves down now cardio is a part of that so Mm -hmm. is intensity yeah. And that's where the basics comes in. So is stretching, by the way. You know, yeah. if you if you if you if you if you think about it. Um, so to say that cardio is bad, in my view, is nonsense. It's just, I think what they're saying is, look, if you run four times a week, and you just run the same old distance, five or six miles at the same old slow pace. That's not the most effective way of running. I agree with that. It's not the most effective way of running, but it's a lot better than doing nothing. You're absolutely right. So to say don't do cardio is, again, in my view, wrong. 
But we can make that much more effective, and we've we've already discussed that, so I don't think we need to go over it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do love. Uh, thank you for clarifying that, because um, I know that, like I said, I wear that shirt. This is anything but cardio. I think it's yeah. kind of funny because yeah. I went from every. I was only cardio, yeah. um, and you know I love lifting weights, and um, so I think I'm misunderstood sometimes because they do have runners that are like, well, running's good, and I'm like, I didn't say running was bad. I just. Yeah. From my experience, I was running, you know, like four or five, six days a week of like five, six, ten miles each time. I wasn't strength training. I wasn't cross training. I was just running a bunch. And so that obviously wasn't balanced either. That's that's a recipe for getting injured. And I did. (laughs) Eventually, you just keep on doing the same old repetitive stuff over and over and over again, and you'll get injured. That's what happens. That's why you need to introduce the stretching, the strength, the cross-training. So you're building up, if you like, full body strength, uh, balance, flexibility, so that you can do these things. I mean, it's not rocket science, really, at the end of the day. It's It's pretty... basic stuff it is basic 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 basics exactly (laughs) but you're right i think it's it's whenever we don't have consensus and you hear these things and now with social media too it's so much easier to hear these different things and Mm -hmm. different philosophies and you don't really um you're only guess what you don't have to know what you're talking about to put information out there so that happens a lot misinformation getting well i mean one of my pet hates really is the fitness experts who say that you can buy this training program you only have to do it three times a week for 15 minutes and you're going to you know you're going to be perfect and it's it's the panacea mm-hmm. and you're going to be able to lose weight and you're going to have a body like the 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 like models, the models it, selling it yeah <laughs> come on i mean yeah. that's just not right and yeah. um unfortunately that they get away with that and it drives me mad but you know that's another reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. I want to get the truth out there. Yep. Same here. That's why I like to bring different guests on the show. Um, yeah. And just show these, yeah, show the real deal, like the real thing. It's, I mean, it's not, it's not just a bunch of slick marketers. Like, you yeah. know, it's, um, and yesterday's guest said, um, cause we were talking about body image and how you can show these pictures of people on, on social media. And she said, she called it, um, media literacy. And I thought that was great because yeah. you do need to know what you're looking at and where they could have made that up or that doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so, yeah. yeah interesting. Yeah. Well, um, thank you so much for this fabulous interview. I've learned so much. Um, I hope that um, that the the listeners have learned as much. It's it's so it's basics <laughs> it's basics and it's it's decoding it and my whole purpose is to help people create their own fit life so it's not you know one size fits all it's what works for you um i love that you shared that people can be runners if they want to be runners yeah. um that's just awesome so yeah. how can people find more information on you well, the simplest place to go is the website is getamericamoving.com. So that's pretty easy to remember, getamericamoving.com. And on the website, there is a program section, so they can click on that if they if they want to look at some of the programs, which includes Anyone Can Run. Um, at the top of the website, there's a green banner where if you click on it, you can, you can get the book, um, The Exercise Factor. Um, and it's a special it's a special deal for people who want to get it on the website as distinct from going on Amazon or going to your local store. So that's great. And yeah. and if you're a listener and you're thinking, well, I'm I'm fit, I'm not at the beginning. This is a really great way to help bring those people who are not fit, who are in your lives, because you everybody who is fit has some of these people where they want to be fit, but they don't know quite where to, to start. And if you're not a fitness professional, especially if you're not a fitness professional, you may not know how to help somebody get started. And a book like this would be just fantastic. You could share this with somebody you love um, to help them see how they can get started on their journey. Yeah, thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, no, it's been it's been really a, a pleasure because I just see so many people wanting to get started and they don't really know how to get started. So this is great. So thank you so much. And we will have all the contact information in the show notes as well. So if you're driving or walking your dog, hopefully walking, <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, then you can just come back to the show a little bit later. All right. I'll talk to you next week. Can I be? Can I be? Can I be? Can I be? Can I be?